You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week, I have with me the amazing Lexi B. Lexi B is a faith-based, trauma-informed life coach and podcast host. As a trauma survivor and mental health advocate, Lexi inspires women to take charge of their stories. She uses her Christian mental health podcast, God Plus Girl, and our signature one-on-one private coaching program where she helps women of faith heal emotionally and live the life of their dreams. Her unique power strategy helps survivors recognize and overcome complex trauma, build relationships with God, and ultimately walk in their purpose in order to live a more fulfilled life. On her pursuit to turn her pain into purpose, Lexi found herself sharing her personal journey of living with HIV and spiritual healing. After realizing self-sabotage was a common issue among trauma survivors, she made it her mission to help women connect a strong, faith-to-strong self-worth in an effort to heal from the inside out. As a result, Lexi uses her life and testimony to showcase that all things truly work together for your good. Let's welcome Lexi to the podcast. Lexi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and talk to your girls today. I just want to, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. And I wanted to say you are doing amazing things. So keep it going, sis. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I know you are doing amazing things as well. And I really want to talk about those things. But before we get into it, tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Okay, so a fun fact about me is that I am a true crime fanatic. Um, I actually listened to true crime podcasts way before I even thought about starting my own, and it is what sparked my interest. I didn't know that there was something out there where you could just talk (laughs) to people about, you know, like-minded people about certain subjects and whatever the case may be. And I started my podcast really as personal therapy, but it all started from my interest of learning that podcasts even existed from listening to true crime. So if you are into true crime, I want to drop some a few that you may like. Um, the first one is My Favorite Murder, which I love. That was the first one I listened to. It's more if you like light, high, light-hearted true crime, that's your thing. And then also tr- Crime Junkie, just so... My girls out there who are like me, who like to listen to some crazy things every now and then, which I don't understand why I do it, but I do. Um, Those are some of my recommendations. You know what? I absolutely love that. So for me, I love TV crime shit. So the law and orders, the criminal minds, like I can watch. I'm all in it. And it's it's kind of funny. So outside of podcasting and life coaching, I'm actually a prosecutor. 
So all of this crime, like this true crime is like real life. <laughs> right. It's real life for you. <laughs> it's real life. And I think it's always interesting that I could go to work and look at all this stuff and then come home and watch TV and just be like, that's what I want to watch as well. So I'm with you on the true crime. I'm with yes. you. And I only found out that true crime had a podcast. I want to say a couple of months ago, I didn't even know there was a true crime podcast. Oh, there are so many though. I just mentioned too. I listened to so many. Look, once we're done with this interview, if you need some more recommendations, I got you because I have an arsenal in my Apple podcast list. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we'll talk about that later. But we know that you are a trauma-informed life coach. I want to know, what first, before we even get into what led you there, what is a trauma-informed life coach? So basically what I do is I help trauma survivors all, first of all, recognize their trauma. A lot of the time that us as women, we don't even see the things that we go through as traumatic, especially for black women. That's my experience. Um, I know that I was raised growing up to just push through things. And so a lot of the time I see the things that I do as just what I had to do to survive and not anything really bad. Right. And so what I do with my clients is I first help them be able to recognize their trauma responses, things like procrastinations, um, self-sabotage, shame, guilt, all of those things that come up in your day-to-day life that you're possible that you're probably dealing with. I help you real recognize how those things are connected to traumatic events. And therefore we're able to dismantle those beliefs, align those thoughts up with what God has said to you directly or even through his word, so that we can reframe that mind in order for you to show up authentically, walk in your calling and your purpose and just be free and happy. I love that. And one of the things you just said is sometimes we don't even recognize that we've been through trauma. Yes. How often do you, you notice that coming up with the women that you work with, that they don't even recognize that they've been through a traumatic situation? It happens a lot more than you would think. I've spoken just about every client that I've spoken to has had that aha moment like, oh my God, I'm not just this way because I'm a bad person or I'm not just this way because, you know, this is just who I am. I'm this way because something happened to me in my past that has created this belief. So say, for instance, um, I had a client who was stating that she um, she just doesn't trust anyone. She rather do everything on her own. And she had that whole, um, I don't need anybody mentality. And she, this was just her day-to-day life and she didn't think anything was wrong with it. So when we finally sat down to talk, I started asking her questions. Why do you feel like this way? What can you think of a moment that has happened where you made the belief that you cannot depend or rely on anyone? And so she was able to bring up this point where, um, in her past, I believe it it was one of her parents who basically left her high and dry at school. They forgot about her, um, It was some kind of event. I can't remember exactly. They forgot they never showed up and didn't even pick her up afterwards. And so from that point on, that was just something that she thought of that happened. It wasn't a big deal. But after I was done talking to her, she was able to see how that one small event, because it doesn't even have to be something huge, right? It doesn't have to be a shooting. It doesn't have to be something similar to my story, which we're going to get in a little bit later, but it can be something as small as feeling as if you have been forgotten about that will create 
create a belief that um, then goes on to dictate the things that you do and the way that you think and the way that you even think about yourself or God or the people around you. So that is one of the examples that I have where she didn't even expect for that little small thing, something that happened years ago that she doesn't even really think twice about. I was able to help her understand how that is actually affecting her life and her business. That is so important. And I think a lot of times when we think about trauma, we do think about big things, right? We think about shootings. We think about maybe being molested or being raped, but we, we forget that little things make a difference as well. And I think especially just women, especially black women, we're taught to be so strong, so independent. It's like this badge of honor that we wear, that we're strong, we're independent. You know, this doesn't bother me and nothing anybody says bothers me. Not knowing that even the little things that we faced when we were younger make such a difference. And I think that's, that's important for us as as we transition and those people who listen to our, this podcast, if you don't have kids yet, if you have kids, to be very intentional about the things you do with your children and the things that you say to them, because you never know what they remember. And yes. it's 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 we're funny we're having this conversation because I remember a few weeks ago, I was talking to my mom about something that happened on one of my birthdays and she doesn't even remember. And there's a lady that came to Bermuda and she decided to show her around, but it was my birthday. And we spent the day showing her around and doing things for her. And I was so hurt because it was my birthday. It was my day. And me and my mom are best friends. And she did not even remember that. Like, I was like, that is like significant in my life. And I read a, no, I was just going to bring up, I just saw a meme um, the other day where it was saying um, it was you explaining your traumatic events to your parents. And they were like, you you wonder why your parents don't believe it. It was crazy for you, but it was just a Wednesday for them. And so we have to understand that our parents, sometimes they, they're not going to remember those things because for them, it was a totally different experience. One thing that I've come to learn about my parents, um, because I'm still working on my relationship with both of them at this time is that they went through their own traumatic events that they didn't have the tools at the time to heal from. And so we as children, we experience, unfortunately, a lot of that, the the backlash, a lot of the negative side of what they were going through unbeknownst to them. Like they may think that they didn't traumatize us, that they did anything wrong. And that's because in their mind, they probably were doing the best that they could with what they had, right? And so as a parent, because I have a nine-year-old, I try to be very intentional about those things because like you said, a lot of the things that we go through in our in our childhood really dictate the rest of our lives. We learn probably, I can't believe, uh, remember the statistic exactly, but I know it's like 85, 90% of the things that we do and say, we, we learn that before the age of five. We learn how to cope with our emotions. We learn how to connect with people. We learn what relationships are supposed to or what we think relationships are supposed 
supposed to look like through our intimate or our um, our relationships with our parents by the time we hit five. And then we are solidified in those things by the time we are 13 years old, right? By the time we hit teenage years, we already basically have all of our ways put together. We are already stuck in our ways. And so it takes a lot for us to unlearn those things because by the time I work with people or by the time that people come to my podcast, they're in probably their early 20s. So they've had already 20 years of learning those same things over and over the things that they had to do to survive and they it's hard for them to unlearn it but it is possible wow that makes so much sense (laughs) just listening to you I'm like that makes so much sense and I think I mean when we talk about our parents and you said something that was very profound earlier. You said our parents are just doing the best they can. And I think also along with our parents doing the best they can, they're probably doing a bit better than their parents did for them. Yes. So they think they're doing great. Yes. They think they're doing great. Like I watch, I guess, the generation. So I watch the way my grandma is with my mom. And then I know how my mom is with me. And sometimes I'm thinking to myself, how how did you get so good at even mothering? Because I know how my grandmother, my, my grandmother is. And it's amazing to me how we can not only that we can be set in our ways, but God has given us the power to change the way yes. that we are set in, because we do learn a lot of things by five, like things happen. Traumas happen when you are young that you don't even remember. Yes. For me, it was when I was growing up, um, I think by time I hit primary school, I was being teased about the size of my lips in comparison to the rest of my body. At that time, they were quite big. Mm-hmm. Um, so that followed me so much. I remember being like maybe early twenties and being a Sunday school teacher at church on my uni break. So I'll do the Sunday school. And I remember one of the little girls came up to me and she meant nothing by it, but she looked at me and she's like, Aunt Chante, why are your lips so big? I kid you not. I almost burst into tears. I kid you not. I was just like, it brought back a rush of memories and things like that. But it's, it's just, surprising the amount of things we pick up. And like you said, that we, by the time we're 13, we are just like, we know how to handle things because of what we've been through. So I thank God for the ability to change those things and for for him creating people like you to help people change their mindset and know that, you know, you don't, just because you grew up a certain way, just because you're used to doing something a certain way, God has given you the power to change that. He, you know, he says, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I love that he's given us that ability because could you imagine if we were just stuck and there was no way that we could change? Go ahead. The crazy thing is, is that a lot of us, a lot of us are already feeling stuck. They, we already feel as if we can't change. We can't do anything differently because like you said, it's all we ever knew. We saw our mothers doing the same thing. We saw our grandmothers doing the same thing. But what I love about where we are in this day and age is that we are seeing more and more people, women, especially who are like, 
I'm done being treated this way. I'm done accepting less than what I uh, I deserve. And I absolutely love that for us. And I kind of want to give you a practical reasoning of why that, um, as you said, that when that little girl mentioned your lips, how it triggered you. And this is something that happens to a lot of us. We, we sometimes, most of the time, let's say, we do not even recognize that we are triggered, right? And so I've been reading and I learned that it's because we have multiple parts of our brain. But when we're talking about trauma, I want to talk about the feeling brain and what we call the reptilian brain. So our feeling brain is where we get the common sense from, We where we know better, right? And then our reptilian brain, those are where those fight, flight, or freeze responses come in. And so when we are triggered, our feeling brain goes right out the window. We cannot think clearly. We cannot solve problems. We are just in our reptilian brain trying to figure out how to survive because that's our brain's function. It wants us to do things that make sure that our body continues to survive. And so when you, um, I'm not sure if that was when you were ready to cry, if that was more a fight or flight or freeze, but those are the three responses that we have in order to protect our body when you, when you, um, so I want to, and I wanted to explain that because I know a lot of women, especially who um, have been in abusive relationships or unfair uh, friendships or whatever the case may be, when they are coming up against some kind of conflict, um, I've read, I talked to a client and she was just so upset with her. She was like, I don't understand why I didn't say anything. Why didn't I fight back? Why didn't? And she was, she was so hard on herself because she just felt in her head, I should have did more. I should have protected myself more. Right. And that is a common response, but I want to be, I want this to be able to free someone right now that you go through those things. You either freeze or maybe you lash out and cussing people out, but it's because your body, your brain is trying to protect your body to make sure that you survive to see another day. So I just wanted to bring that up because I, I, I've talked to my client about it. And so I know other people may be struggling with it, that feeling of guilt or shame because they acted in a way that wasn't conducive to their healing or their journey when in all actuality, you were just surviving. So free yourself, sis. <laughs> I love that. Free yourself. You were just surviving. And, and all of what you just said, goes in line with even how we create the limiting beliefs that hold us back. We create them because our our mind is protecting ourselves from trying something new, trying something it doesn't know. So if you had one bad experience public speaking, your mind is already like, nope, we don't do that. We're not trying it. We're not doing that. We're not facing laughter again. Exactly. This is the same thing. Our brains are so intricate. Like, I don't know how much time God spent developing the way the brain works. A lot. (laughs) lot. That's all I know. (laughs) It's so much, but the way that it works, once we understand how it works and why it's doing the things that it's doing, it's easier for us to accept it, to say, okay, like, okay, this is just me trying to protect myself, but I'm going to go out on the limb here and have faith in God and not faith in what I know. Right. Yes. It's not you, sis. It's your trauma. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Put that on a shirt. Okay. (laughs) I I love that. (laughs) Okay. So we are like deep in the conversation and we haven't even, that was the first question and we just, (laughs) but it was, we've talked about so much that I know is, is going to help and free somebody already. And we haven't even gotten deep. So let's talk about this. Why a trauma informed life coach? 
Why did you um, do that? So I went into, it, it took a lot of work to try to figure out what it was for me, um, but it is all derived from my own experience. And so I can kind of just give you guys a little rundown. Back in 2013, I was um, diagnosed with HIV. I had um, contracted the virus from my son's father at the time. Um, Well, he's still his father, just not in the picture, (laughs) but I contracted it from him. And that set on a pretty long and deep depression. I was looking back at it. I was deeply depressed for six years. And the only thing that kind of snapped me out of it was being able to look at my son who was five years at the time when I finally made this realization and was like, I have been depressed, which means I have been absent and, um, you know, an absent parent basically for as long as my son had lived. And it hurt me, but then it also sparked this change in me. And so at the time I was just, um, I'm not even sure if I was like really close to God. I was curious, but I was so angry. Let's just be real. I was angry with God. So I kind of just pushed him back and we get angry with him because we, we displaced that, 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 um, the blame, right. I was angry at him because I thought he let this thing happen to me, but within all actuality, I did know before I went down there that I shouldn't have went. But at the same time, I also had to remember that, God also protected me because um, I stayed with that man uh, for a year because I just didn't have the self-worth. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I would be able to find love again. And on top of everything, I was utterly terrified of being a single parent. I told him that from the very first day I found out I was pregnant. I don't want to do this alone. And so after staying with him for a year, it being abusive and I mean, verbally, physically, emotionally, financially, because he did not want me to work. He didn't want to pay for daycare so I can get to work. He didn't want to do anything. Right. And so after a year, he came up with this conclusion that I was trying to blackmail him because me being the sneaky girl that I was, I would go through his phone, but instead of like just maybe getting caught on his phone, I would take screenshots and send them to myself so I can look at them later. Right. Yeah. It's a whole crazy girl moment, you guys. <laughs> but, um, and so after a year or so, he thought that I was blackmailing him. And this man actually placed a gun to my head and told me that he was going to kill me because he didn't want his business being out there. And just the simple fact that I had even told one friend, I didn't tell everybody. I told one friend, he was like, no, you cannot do this. I'm going to kill you. And I saw my life flash before my eyes. I packed up what I could. And that day, my sister came and got me and I moved back to St. Louis. I was down in Florida at the time. And from that moment, I just kept going. From the time I moved back, I didn't really give myself time to think about the things that I went through, to even allow myself to feel because it was just from that moment forward, I have to make a way for my son, right? And so that is basically my story of how I became depressed. And then six years after that, well, not six years, it was probably four years after that is when I decided to go to therapy and actually get close to God. And so it was really important for me to find a faith-based therapist. Um, And once I did that, she was able to help me recognize how my trauma was actually interfering with my life, 
how it allowed me or pushed me to quit my job um, at the time because I just could not deal with, um, I had a job where we weren't really doing anything. So there'll be a lot of downtime. And in those times, my mind would just obsess over all of the things that I went through. I'm talking about um, vividly replaying those scenes as if it was happening right then and there. And every day I felt triggered. Every day I felt sad. Every day I felt isolated. And I didn't realize why that was. And so when I went into therapy, she helped me realize this. And she, um, also told me, I remember probably two months in, she told me that you have a really unique way of processing the things that you went through. I, if you could, she told me if you could bottle this formula and sell it, you would really help a lot of people. And so that is what started the gears shifting in my head, right? Um, I didn't even initially get into it because I had all of these preconceived notions about who I needed to be in order to be a life coach. I needed to be degreed. I needed to be licensed as a therapist. I needed some kind of certification in my mind. Um, But I had to eventually going through this process, guy reminded me that he qualifies the called. He does not call the qualified. And so everything that I had went through, I went through the childhood abuse. I went through the neglect. I went through the abusive relationship. I went through, you know, having to survive as a single parent and an HIV survivor. I went through all of that because he knew that there would be women attached to me that I can also help go through those same things. And so that is how I came through trauma, um, trauma-informed coaching. It's just through my life experiencing experiences, realizing that I had a gift and that I could help other people possibly not go through the same things I went through. And that is the only, that is my only focus is that I can help someone not feel bad and not, you know, constantly repeat those cycles. I am all here for it. God has a magnificent way of turning our pain into purpose. Yes. And yes. making all things work together for good. Because although we go through traumas and we go through hard times, God is hand carving our path so that we are created in a way and we are formed and shaped in a way to help those people that he has assigned to us. Yes. Because each one of us is assigned to a certain part of the, the vineyard, let's say, of the kingdom. And we have a job to do. And I loved how you said that God qualifies the called. He doesn't call it the qualified. So God knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what you need before you know what you need. Yes. Yes. And I love that you reminded yourself of that. You didn't allow that to become a limiting belief that to hold you back. Like, okay, I need to go and do 10 years of schooling and then God, I'll be ready. Right. I'll right. Have this, this after my name and that after my name, you said, no, God, let's see what we can do with what, what you've given me now. Yes. Right. And well, let's just be real. It took time. I'm not even, I, it took a lot of time. God first gave me this idea for the coaching business back in January, 2020. I had my first client um, back then, but again, all of those limiting beliefs came up and I eventually, instead of focusing on the coaching, I eventually went ahead and tried to start a t-shirt company because in my mind, that was something that would be easier for me to keep up with. I didn't have to be qualified. I just needed to come up with some cool t-shirts, right? Um, And so 
I was still, I was disobedient, but God never, this is what I love about him. Even if we don't do it right away, he's not, he didn't take it from me, right? He still, he kept reminding me. He kept reminding me why I was called. He let these confirmations come up, but it wasn't until, and I hate to say it, I I hate because delayed obedience is still disobedient. So (laughs) I hate to say it, but yes, I was still disobedient until I was ready until he was like, no, he, he laid it all out for me. Now I still am working through the process of learning everything that it takes, everything that this coaching business is going to include. Because when I started off, it wasn't trauma informed. It was just for faith-based women, um, which I still, you know, I still cater to, but it's, he keeps showing me more and more. And that's the amazing thing about him. He's going to go ahead. He's going to give you that idea, but he's not going to give you the full picture. Why? Because he wants you to keep having to come back. He wants to make sure that you are as committed to this thing as he is and that you're as committed to him as you're committed to your success. Right. And so he gives you those ideas. So I don't want anyone to be discouraged if they feel as if they have this God given idea, but they don't know how to get to it yet. You don't know how to get to it yet because you have to keep praying on that thing. You have to keep going to God. You have to ask him, first of all, ask him for clarity, but also give him the permission to come in and lead you. That's the thing that I think a lot of us forget is that we don't, we don't like to give God over that control, especially with survivors, because control has been taken so much. It's been taken away from us so long that we don't want to give it up for anything, even if we know, or even if we don't know, because a lot of us don't tend to realize how powerful and how amazing God is, unfortunately, but it's still hard for us to give up that control because we want to be able to make sure that we're okay. But like you said, God has already paved that way. He's already worked it out for us. We have to remember that he's went ahead and he's the beginning and the end, right? So he's already 20 steps ahead of us at this point. So everything that we're currently struggling with at this moment, whatever it is, we have to remember that God has already worked that thing out for for our good. Even if we don't see it right here, right now, even if we can't fathom to understand how that blessing is a blessing, right? We have to know that no matter what, no matter what we come up against, God has already said, but it's it's for your purpose. It, it, It serves a purpose for you. And so we don't want to take it as a loss, take it as a lesson. Yes. Take it as a lesson. God knows what he is doing. He definitely knows what he's doing. And like you said, he is basically putting all the pieces together. And our job is just to make sure that we are going back to him at every point and praying, because no matter what he is giving us to do, he is in charge. We're just managing it. Right. Yes. So we have to go just like if you were working in a company, you needed to go check in with your boss. You need to go check in with God to make sure that you're managing the thing that he gave you properly. Yes. Yes. Amen. Now, Lexi, one thing I noticed about you when we're talking is that you've really taken charge of your story. How did you learn how to do that? And was it always like that for you? It was definitely not always like this. I honestly, the first time I ever told my story, I feel like I was forced into it. Um, And I say that because um, it was one day I had um, random people. So he was still talking to people, still sleeping with people and all of this stuff without telling them that he was HIV positive. And so one day, one of his partners um, saw his paperwork and asked him about it. And he put all the blame on me. 
he was going around saying, I did this, I did that. And so I first started my story. I first told my story basically as a way to defend myself. And so I told it once and that was back in 2017. And I really didn't, you know, people knew about it, but I didn't really say anything. And so back in, what was it? Um, 2019 is when I started my podcast. And so I had another friend who was also a podcaster who wanted me to come on and share my story on her podcast. Now, I had already started my podcast, but my story was supposed to be the first one. But again, that delayed obedience. Um, It didn't come out into episode 17. Um, So she knew that I had this podcast and she wanted me to come on to share my story, basically to boost her own ratings, which I and I agreed to it because I wasn't comfortable with sharing it on my platform yet. And so just seeing how um, it was kind of like mismanaged, I'll say that it kind of um, boosted my confidence in saying that, hey, I can do this too. I can share my own story and I can do it well because no one can write the story like I can. No one can write my story for me. And so the only way that the only reason why I'm able to take charge of it now is because the obedience that I had when I initially told it on my own story, on my own podcast, I mean. And so what I mean by that is when I I first told it, the support and the um, the love and every everything that came after that was just everything that I needed. I was so filled with fear beforehand. I was worried about what people would say, what people would do, how they would react to me, especially with something as severe as HIV, because not a lot of people are knowledgeable about it. You know, a lot of us still think that this is um, a, a deadly disease that you can get it from touching or holding hands or you know, touching the same door, not no, none of that's true, right? And so, but I knew that my community was so unknowledgeable in this area that those were the type of things that I were going, I was going to face. And so after I told my story and I didn't receive any backlash, like I, I know that there were negative things out there being said. I know that for a fact, people talk, but the fact that none of it was brought to me, the fact that I never saw anything just showed me that God was protecting me. He was telling me right then in this moment, you've been worried about what people are saying and what they saying don't even matter. Look at all of the love and support. Look at who you're helping. That's what you should focus on. And so from that day, I've been able to take charge of my story because I know that my story does help someone. My story frees someone. My story is someone else's survival guide. They're, they're the survival guide. There might be someone who doesn't even read the Bible or, or not, who doesn't even know about God. And just hearing my story, how I, I survived these things, how he's kept me through, how he's provided for me, that can get them a little bit curious about him, right? And so if if it does that, then my work is done right then and there. And that so that is how I was able to take charge of my story is realizing the impact and the amount of people that would also be freed from it if I just kept going. Yes. Your our stories as somebody else's survival guide because a lot of people won't even pick up the Bible, right? But they will watch you. They will watch me. They will watch us. And they will say, there's something about the way they handle that. That makes me want to know just a little bit more. Yes. Take take Tabitha for existence. When Mm -hmm. Tabitha responded to that girl, um, I hope, you know, Tabitha responded to that girl. I know you're talking about. Um, She... 
Okay, so yes, she she is Tabitha Brown is um she's a vegan inspired here in the United States. Um, and there was someone who criticized, I can't remember who it was, but they criticized her for how she retired her husband. Yeah, they were saying, Oh, it was Wendy Williams. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) I had to think about it. And so the way that she responded, how she responded through grace, I saw so many people just on my timeline who aren't really big on God, who may mention him here and there, who were really curious in saying that this is what a woman who is filled with the Holy Spirit is like. And they, got curious about that. How can I respond in a way that is more like that, that is not filled from anger, right? They got curious about that. And so since she's so, she is gung-ho about God, she mentioned him every step of the way. And so I know just the way that she responded, how she responded with grace, got a lot of people who weren't curious about God before it got him curious at that point. Uh, yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Cause I remember that being shared everywhere. Yes. And everywhere. it was just so amazing. It was like a lot of people like, I, I want to respond like Tabitha. It, it takes a lot of grace. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of work. It, uh-huh. I'm, I'm and trust and believe she didn't do that overnight. <laughs> she did not do that overnight. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is, that is right. So if somebody's listening to us now and they know that they have a story that they want to tell, um, they want to tell their story, but they're just feeling a little uncomfortable. They don't know whether or not they should do it. What advice, what tips would you have? So my first, my piece of advice for anyone who is wanting to share their story, but not really sure how would be to a, make sure that you are in a place where you can actually share it. And so what I say by what I mean by that is that sometimes we are still if affected by the things that we went through and mostly in a negative way. So if you are at a point where you feel as if you're, you can tell your story without crying, um, well, not even just crying because without being angry, let's tell you that if you can tell your story without being angry, without feeling like you still need to, you know, contact that person or confront that person about what happened. If you feel as if you have forgiven yourself, that's a, that's a good one. Forgiving yourself, not necessarily forgiving the person, but if you've forgiven yourself enough, then you can be ready. Then you can start sharing your story. But before you do, I would also say, go to God, pray about that thing, because he's going to tell you what it is you should do. He told me about the podcast and I know he told me about the podcast because if it was up to me, sis, I wouldn't be speaking on a podcast. I wouldn't be speaking to anybody. (laughs) Right. And so God will give you that idea. And also Speaking about that, make sure you have an open mind about the things that God will tell you to do, because he's going to tell you things that may be a little bit out of your comfort zone. He's going to tell you things that may not make sense to you at that time because you don't have that understanding. But you have to have an open mind and knowing that whatever it is God tells you, it's going to be for your good. It's going to be for your best interest. So give him that yes. But those would be my two things. First, make sure that you're in a place to actually share your story where you're no longer negatively affected by your story. And then also also go to God to make sure that you are sharing that story in the correct way. Yes. I love, I love that answer. And listen, God will definitely get you out of your comfort zone. Okay. Because the things that he will have you do are supposed to be bigger than you so that you can rely on him. So yes. 
If you yes. feel so comfortable in your life, you need to ask God to shake you up because that means it's yes. time for the next level. But make sure, like, like Lexi said, make sure that you've prayed about it. Most importantly, first, before you go out and tell your story and whatever, when it is time, the impact that your story makes in other people's lives will just be amazing. I also want to give one more little piece of advice. If you are ready to share your story, but you may be just a little afraid, I want you to focus on the people that it will help. Don't focus on what we call the haters. Don't focus on the naysayers. Don't focus on the critics. Focus on who it is for. And I feel like once you focus on who it's for, I'm not going to say the fear just goes away, but you have something better to focus on rather than being afraid. You have something better to focus on whether than, you know, being scared of how people are going to react to you. Because at the end of the day, God is going to bless you with everyone that you need. He's going to bless you with your tribe, but you just have to be authentically yourself to attract. I like that. Authentically you, that the amounts of people that are attracted to you are are equal to the amount of people who are not attracted to you because God knows exactly who you're meant to be. So if there's somebody who's not really vibing from you, it's fine because God says, you know what? That person is not to learn from you. Some They're supposed to learn from somebody else. And the other person on your left is the person that needs you and your story, which is so important. Now you talked about you know, knowing that you've not healed by your negative reactions to maybe repeating your story, right? You may still have those emotions of anger and and, and, and upset. How do we let God be a part of our healing journey? How do we do that so that we can, as you said, heal, never be 100%, but continue to heal and let God do a work in us? So I would say that the way that we we allow him to be a part of that process is to actually submit, submit to him, give those things over to him. And I, when I say give those things over, I don't mean you go to God, pray about it, but you still have your hand on it trying to control where it goes. No, you have to completely let go of that thing and just say, God, whatever your will is, let it be done. Whatever it is you want to have me learn because that's another thing we learn from our pain we learn from the experiences that we went through and so if we go to god and say here i have this i have this trauma god i have this thing that hurts me every single day what do you want me to do with it see if we go to him and have that open mind instead of us thinking that our pain is just for no reason at all That is how we can invite him in. And don't be afraid to talk to him about everything, because sometimes we believe that we have issues that are too small for God, too small for him to care about. He doesn't care about me not having enough money for rent. There are people over in Africa somewhere that don't have anything to eat. He doesn't care about me not having a car to get to and from the work. There are people who don't have a home. And so we try to we basically gaslight ourselves. Right. We gaslight ourselves into believing that our issues don't matter. And more importantly, that they don't matter to God, but we have to know that he cares about every little aspect. If he's counted the hairs on your head, then he cares about the the stress and the trauma that you're going through. So make sure that you talk to him about it. You ask him questions about it. You, You go again in with an open mind to learn from that thing. 
because that is the only way that we're able, if we go in and we feel like we got it all figured out or that God doesn't care. So we're just going to figure it out on our own. You're not inviting him in and he needs that invitation. He's not a dictator. He's not someone that's just going to come in and bombard you. No, he, he needs that invitation to, so and he needs you to bring him into, into your life. So yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. I can go on and on and on, sis. (laughs) Submit to God and let him do the work in you. Now, Lexi, this has been such a great conversation. And before I let you go, I want you to tell us three tips that you have for people healing from trauma. So number one is to always keep going. To always keep going, even if you don't see it, even if you don't think that things are getting better, don't allow the enemy to come in and get you off track because that's the thing he will. He, as soon as he sees you take that first step, right? As soon as he sees you getting closer to God or getting serious about your mental health, he's going to take all of those past experiences and start throwing them up in your face, right? He's going to remind you that you were a single mom. He's going to remind you that you've been, you're not married. He's going to remind you that you, you know, you're single and don't have a significant other. He's going to remind you that you don't have the qualifications, quote unquote, to be a business owner or anything like he will remind you of all those bad things. So make sure that you don't give him that power, right? Make sure that you're reminding yourself of what God has told you. Number two would be what's for you is for you. Don't worry about all of the naysayers. Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about, you know, the enemy even. Worry about God. The the word of God, my favorite scripture is Matthew 6, 33, right? And it says in that word, I'm not a Bible scholar, but it says in that scripture that if you go to the kingdom of God first, everything will be given back to you, right? And he will take care of all of your other needs. So go to God, pray about all of the little details and watch how he gives you those instructions. Watch how he, um, he he paves the way for you. Go to God first. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about what how you're going to get there. Just worry about your relationship with God. And then last but not least, I would say to share your story. Now, this is hard, maybe harder for some people. So this doesn't mean to go out and share your story with the world if you're not ready for that. But if you want to go to therapy, if you have a, f- a friend that you trust and can talk to, start with them. Start with them. Let them in on in your world because a lot of the time when we hold on to this thing, we feel as if we are in it alone and that creates a bigger problem. That creates isolation. But the thing about it is God never intended us for us to do anything on our own. He if he didn't if he if it wasn't just our relationship with him that he wanted us to have, he also wanted us to have relationship with other people. He wanted us to have congregation. He wanted us to be there and support one another. So don't try to do these things alone. Try to find someone who you can trust or talk to on a day-to-day basis, or um, even if it's a weekly basis with a therapist, or even find a life coach, right? There's so many of us out here, but find someone who can understand where you are and where you're trying to go so that you can at least have one other person. God says when two or more of us join together, right? And so find at least one other person that you can trust to help you through this thing, even if they don't have all the answers, but make sure you have at least one confidant that you can 
pour in that you can pour into and just vent to if need be, because I feel like that is extremely important. Don't try to do it on your own because you will be overwhelmed and most likely repeating that process over and over and over again. And we don't want that. Lexi, those tips were absolutely amazing. I know that this entire conversation has helped somebody get free. I enjoyed having you. I enjoyed the conversation. Before we go, just let us know how we can connect with you on social media, how they can work with you and how they can listen to your podcast. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. That's probably my most um, consistent platform. Um, You can find my main page at the Lexi B or you can follow the podcast, which is at God plus girl pod. Um, You can also find um, if you're interested in working with me one on one, I do offer a one on one private coaching program. Um, And you can find out more by, again, visiting my the link in my Instagram bio. Again, that is at the Lexi B and it's Claire, it's clarity call. So book your clarity call. And on that call, we would discuss more about um, what your goals are, what you're currently struggling with, and how I can assist you with getting there. Um, And last but not least, if you're interested in listening to the podcast, it is called God Plus Girl. You can find it on just about any streaming platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio. I've applied to so many. But you can go there. Seriously, if you go to your favorite one, I'm sure you can find it. Just search God plus girl. And yeah, I would love to hear any of your feedback. If you have any questions or concerns or any topics you would like to discuss, don't hesitate to reach out. All right, you guys, as you know, I'll put everything Lexi just said in the show notes so that you can connect with her. Tell her you heard her on the Pray, Plan, Save podcast. Lexi, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, sis. I pray that is your prayer. This- All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slave podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.